0: is the University of Michigan.
1: Touchdown Michigan! Welcome back to Blue by 90. We are here this week with first ever recurring guest, Eric Rudder from WolverineDigest.com. Eric, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, two thumbs up over here, guys. How's everything on your end?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. We're happy to have you back on the, the podcast here. You are the first ever recurring guest with us. So that is, yeah, podcast record of two appearances. <laughs> which I mean, you just shattered the the previous record of one, so unbelievable. Leave you in the clubhouse, yeah, uh, great performance by you. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Obviously today, um, see if we can get you to three maybe here soon. Um, but um, yeah, thanks for coming on again, man. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the sports world right now, which is crazy because we went so long without sports, and so now we've got. Baseball postseason, MLB, uh, NBA finals are on. NFL football, college football in the Big Twelve, SEC, and the ACC. Um, So lots going on. First and foremost, I mean, we are in Michigan, so let's talk about how bad the Lions stink. I mean, was is it was it just awful to watch? I don't know if you guys watched it or or what, but my God,
3: I did. Sol same old lines. I I put a tweet <laughs> out there when they were up 14 nothing and I almost had it. I almost had like the guess prediction for the rest of the game. I did see I, that. As long as I didn't put the comeback in there, I would have been
1: I would have been right on the money. Well, they still did they they came back to put it into, you know, one score game, which is classic. So that it you like still have to watch till the end a little bit, you know, even though you know they're going to fall short. Um but as of right now when we're recording here on Monday night uh, matt patricia still has a job which kind of blows my mind do you guys think he's going to make it through the rest of the week um what do you think
0: don't ju- don't count the lions out to continue to make mistakes such as <laughs> keeping matt patricia on staff so i mean they're not going to fire him till the end of the year i say <laughs>
1: Probably not. I mean, dear God, he's got the worst record. He's worse than what was it? Rod Marinelli. I believe he's got a, he's got a, the worst record and he took, you know, he inherited a nine and seven team and he's still, you know, what pisses me off the most is like, okay, every Lions coach is stunk normally, but now he's being not an Caldwell. asshole at the, not Caldwell, not Caldwell, Caldwell did well, but that's how now, you get fired he, as Lions coach. You do well He's being an asshole at the podium. Being like, oh, it's not my fault. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, at least just wear it. Like, you've had 10 other people do this in front of you. Just do the same thing as them. Get paid out.
2: I saw earlier today he mentioned when he inherited the Lions team that he had a lot of work to do. But this is, this is his third season, correct? Yeah. That's not really a, a point that you can go back to when you've already played 35 games. Right. And he's the- regressed with him as head coach. And I don't even know if they did have a bunch of work to do. Like you said, they were over
3: 500. Yeah, they had back-to-back nine and seven seasons, right? Before they had he play got playoff
1: appearance. Yeah. So yep. what's your what work do you got to do? Like, uh, he, yeah, he did a lot of work to take them from nine and seven to three and twelve. I mean, that's hard to do. So hats <laughs> off to him. You know, props to Matt Patricia for putting in all this work to really tank for Trevor. I guess we're are we tanking for Trevor now? I don't know. Maybe.
3: See, yeah. I, I say if we are tanking for Trevor, you got to keep Patricia as head coach because we can't risk firing him and actually having a good coach there. Then That's we might win some games. Keep Patricia through the entire season, tank for Trevor, get rid of him when the season's over.
1: Now we're, we're playing chess instead of checkers a little bit. That's big, right, right,
2: baby. I, think I think like kings play. and queens over here. Yeah. All right. Um, it's like the only franchise. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You're good, you're good. When they go up by two scores, 14 points early on in the game, your immediate reaction is, oh, geez, it doesn't look good. (laughs) No chance (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) Honestly, we're not even happy. It's like I'd rather start it off like we go down 14 or something. I don't know. It's it's a wild football organization. They'll never win anything.
2: What's the syndrome where you're, like, repeatedly abused and then you begin to, like, (laughs) let your abuser? Stockholm syndrome? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) Well, we they all got know. a movie.
3: I was going to say, they got a movie, Stockholm Syndrome on Netflix. Check it out. Solid
1: flick. <laughs> <laughs> is it just about the Lions? Is, it, is that it? It's a documentary it's about Patricia,
3: the Lions. Matt say is stuck in a room with me, and he just he just kills me. And then I love him. It's, it's, it's pretty entertaining.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right. But on the bright side, we are only three weeks away from Michigan football. So, I mean – Let's be honest. It's another team kind of Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) They've let us down a couple of times, but um, I, I still like, I was thinking about it the other day. Like I haven't really been that invested in a lot of these sports lately, but like I was thinking about, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for Michigan to play again. Like I I'm pretty damn excited to see them take the field and see what happens with Joe Milton and everybody else. So are you guys feeling the same way about that?
0: Oh, of course. I mean, I, dude, I put the like Michigan highlights on my TV and like watch them just to like get in the zone, right? And I'm like, oh man, it's, it's coming up. So, I'm 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 excited. I feel like the town isn't as like vibrant as it usually is around. You know, when football season is rolling in. Yeah. So you don't like feel that outside your own house or outside your own head. Um. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that.
1: It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Ann Arbor, even on game day, like, or like even like maybe the Thursday, Friday before that Michigan state weekend. Cause I think there's going to be a ton of Michigan state fans coming into Ann Arbor, whether, whether it's students, it could be Corona central, to be honest, which is a little scary, but I still think there'll be a little buzz once we get into the season, but yeah, definitely not, uh, not normal. Uh, of what it seems like Eric what do you what have you heard like you've been to some uh, some high school football games and stuff too is it feeling like football season for you a little more than the rest of us probably
2: yeah last Friday I was at um, Stevenson high school watching offensive line commit Giovanni El-Hadi and even just the being in the position of on the sidelines for Friday Night Lights that brought back a little bit of normalcy Uh, there were still people in both sides of the stands. So it didn't really feel that different. Um, the only thing I noticed besides having to wear a mask during the game was afterwards talking to uh, Giovanni. We were kind of far away. We were socially distanced in the interview. But football's is back. It, it feels the same to me. And I could care less if there's a crowd or not. Just bring back the game.
1: You need one. I've seen the, the NBA and some other places do like those. Six foot long boom sticks with the microphone, so you need to to get one of those for your interviews.
3: Um, if you get one, I'll carry it around for you. <laughs> I, I
1: you you can be like Harbaugh's got a cord guy. You can be his cord. I'll be the guy boomstick too. guy. You'll be the boomstick. Great.
0: Guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Um, well, speaking of football season, so the Big Twelve uh, and the SEC and the ACC have played. And we're only two weeks into the big 12 season, right? Two or three, three, sorry, three weeks into the big 12 season. And they are essentially out of college football playoff contention. There's Texas uh, got a loss. Oklahoma's lost twice. Um, There's a couple undefeated teams that they're not going to do anything. Like, it's like, I've never seen the big 12 shit themselves this quickly. Honestly.
3: I mean, this early. There's only ten games in the season for them, right? And usually, the Big Twelve, it's either going to be Texas or it's going to be Oklahoma. Oklahoma's already lost twice, back-to-back weeks. Texas lost to TCU, who I don't think is doing that well. But maybe, maybe TCU is going to come out and and be a hot team. But other than Texas and Oklahoma, I don't even know who would be an option in the Big Twelve right now.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. With the Big Ten struggle or the, the Big 12 struggling this early, it kind of paves the way for a team from the Big Ten to make the playoffs. And what I've noticed is interesting so far is Michigan moved up three spots in the AP poll by not even playing a game. So by the time the season rolls around in like two and a half, three weeks, Michigan might be ranked. They, it could be a top 15 program.
1: Yep. And and I've seen, I mean, Minnesota, I believe is ranked 24th or 25th, I believe too. So both -hmm. those teams could be in the top 20 by the time, you know, by the time that that opening game rolls around. So who knows, it's going to be a big game. Obviously we know that from our standpoint, but it could be on the national level as well. Um, is that shocking
3: ten to you guys that Michigan's ranked higher than Minnesota right now? Or is it just me?
0: That is a little bit bizarre, I feel like. Yeah,
2: they're kind of on equal footing in my mind. Minnesota has a lot more impact players that are returning. Rashad Bateman just opted back in, and there's a ton of question marks with all the starters Michigan lost. But you'd have to think just from a a talent perspective, the Wolverines have an upper hand in the quality of players for all four years that they have there. So it's it's, it's really a toss-up, but... Having the game be on the road, it tilts the board in Minnesota's direction in my mind. It's it's going to be a tough matchup.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, to see what the betting lines are on that one, if it'll favor Minnesota at home. I think it's it'll be interesting to see, especially on the gambling side a little bit. I'm more into that than any of you guys, I think. Um, Yet
3: you went 0-2 last I, I, week on I, our
1: picks. I, well, you know what? <laughs> You win some, you lose some, all right? I'm I'm bouncing back this week. I'm bouncing back this week.
3: Who was undefeated? There was a. Kaylin,
1: right? Kalen was two and zero. I was one
3: and one. I was close to my upset. BC almost had UNC. I you still owe me ten bucks, bro?
1: I do. I <laughs> Jack's texting me on like Saturday. I, I don't even. I don't Wait, even know you're getting drunk. Was. But I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've already had five beers and he's just like, yeah, let's do this bet, this bet, and this bet. And I'm just like, sure, whatever. <laughs> I like didn't even know what we bet until I woke up the next morning. So, I, yeah. I'll hustle send you 10 bucks. He's hustled
0: you. That's right, <laughs> you baby. He's
1: hustled me. I I want to go back to the text because I literally said to him, I was like, you I'll just, do whatever, man. You, you literally did.
3: <laughs> I think the first one was the line was uh, 14 and a half. And I said, okay, if. UNC wins by 21 or something, you'll get 20. Or like a UNC covers, you'll get 10. If they win by 21, you'll get 20. If BC wins, I'll get 10. If they win by seven, I get 20. I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And especially I, when you came back so confident, I was like, I got to look at this again and then try again on that.
1: I I literally didn't even look at the text. I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't even follow Jeez. it when you said it just now, let alone when I was <laughs> drinking it at, at the time, reading it. Trying to read my phone, so I was just like, "Yeah, sure, man, I'm in." So, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'll email you ten bucks right now. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, another thing that we put this out on our Twitter, um, in the news, Rich Rod is in the podcast game now. So, um, it's actually funny thing. So it's his daughter and him on his pot on this podcast. They've only put out like one podcast so far. Um, and he had one of his old assistants, I believe on there as a guest. Um, his daughter is really good friends with my brother's girlfriend. So that's how my brother sent it to me. He's like, you guys got some competition now. Um, so, uh, (laughs) You know, it, it was just funny, and and uh, we put out some funny stuff on Twitter about that, too, but um, we'll see. I, m- you know, maybe we can get Rich Rod on the podcast here. Maybe we can do a little collabor- co- collaborative uh, effort.
0: So is it's, he, like, retired basically now, like not coaching? I, I think so. He was at oh, Ole Miss. that could Miss. be fun, Dude, I saw a video of him freaking out in the booth at Ole Miss. Amazing. Dude, I, his... He, his face used to look like it was gonna
3: explode when he got heated. Just <laughs> oh. red, raw tomato face and just veins <laughs> popping
1: everywhere. He was the Beautiful original sight. tomato
3: face. He was.
1: <laughs> I I, we
3: gotta I, get
0: him on.
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised that you know Lane Kiffin's like an offensive guy. I was kind of surprised he didn't want to have Rich Rod stay on at Ole Miss as like an analyst or something. I don't know. I'm sure Rich Rod's very okay with, you know, how much money he's made in, in retirement now. Dude, oh, speaking
0: yeah. of old Michigan coaches, I saw a picture of Brady Hoke looking real trim. Did you guys see this?
1: Machine. I, dude, he's like very skinny. It's not even like he just lost like 20 pounds and he slimmed down but still fat. He's like really thin. It's way, it's
2: wild. That's... Brady Hoke's been on the keto diet, I heard from an inside source. Mm. Oh, nice. The sources are good sources. <laughs> and he's still
1: the head coach at San Diego, San Diego state, right? Last I heard. Yeah. So, all right. So old Michigan coaches out there, you know, making moves, obviously. Um, and then Cam Newton has the Rona guys. The Okay. I don't understand it. How does Cam Newton, the guy that touches the ball in literally every play and talks to everybody in the huddle get the Rona and the rest of the team, they had no other positives. How does that?
3: They all well, held their
0: breath while he talks.
3: Must have been. Yeah. I mean, apparently it's super rare to get it from touching other surfaces yet. We're still cleaning everything, every surface we touch at all times. But <laughs> the fact that he's in a huddle, like talking to guys and nobody else got it. I don't know. That's amazing. Good for them.
1: Kind of weird. I think it'd be a false it, positive too. Who knows? Could be a false positive. They're playing right now. Without yeah. him. Is it Jarrett Stidham is is starting for him?
2: Brian Hoyer.
1: Brian oh, Hoyer. Sparty. MSU. Sparty. For all our Sparty listeners out there. There you go. There you go. Um, Hoyer the GOAT, obviously. Hoy, doesn't Hoyer have... Hoyer might have a, a couple Super Bowl rings or something. I feel like he was a backup on the Patriots for a yeah. while when they won Super Bowls. Yeah. I think you're right. Think so. so does Chad Henney, though. Chad Henny won one with the with the Chiefs last year. So...
2: A one All right. Super Bowl is worth two Brian Hoyer Super Bowls. <laughs> exactly, sure. exactly.
1: Actually, though, there's that one picture, Michigan State picture going around of is it Cousins, Hoyer, and who's Foles. the other? Uh, Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. They have like at one point MSU had three NFL starting quarterbacks on their roster. Foles transferred, right? But it was like um,
3: Foles' only day on campus.
1: Yeah. yeah. MSU, i
2: barely- remember Nick Foles being at MSU.
1: No, mm-hmm. yeah, no. just Arizona. Don't worry though, I I've seen so many MSU people claim him as a Spartan, which is comical. So, um, all right, all right, I, I had to get my one MSU chirp in for the day. There we go. Um, let's get into our one of our, you know, that was like the longest intro of all because there's so much going on. But let's get into our our first topic here. Um, So, Eric, you're obviously kind of our our recruiting guy for uh, WolverineDigest.com. So let's do a little, you know, Rudder's recruiting update here. What's going on in the Michigan recruiting world?
2: So it seems like it's – I think everyone expected recruiting to slow down with the season like a month away. And these high school kids are going through their games now too, so they're not exactly as available as they were before. But a couple minor uh, uh, what transgressions over the last week or so, Michigan was still recruiting Jaden Thomas at wide receiver, and he pledged to Notre Dame on Friday, so he's off the board. But later that day, I talked to Giovanni El-Hadi at his football game, and he highlighted two specific guys that he's still going after, one of them being you know, everyone's favorite uncommitted recruit right now, Donovan Edwards. And Drew Kendall, a kid who's kind of been trending towards Boston College the last couple of weeks, he said he's still been on him, too. So there's still a little glimmer of hope there. And then for the third one, um, El Hadi said he's looking for Michigan to pick up another wideout. He doesn't exactly have a target on who that is, but he thinks Michigan is still looking to add another guy at that position for the 2021 class.
1: Okay. All right. All right. We'll take it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've been on Donovan Edwards for a long time and, and it kind of seemed like drew Kendall came on just in the last month or two couple months, probably. Um, and so, um, those guys, you know, those are our big targets. What would you say? Is there a position that, you know, Michigan really needs to, to land somebody at right now still?
2: Yeah, probably two positions. Uh, Defensive tackle is a big one. Um, There's no DTs currently committed. Rayshon Benny is probably the the closest uh, to picking Michigan, and I feel pretty good about his chances in doing so. But George Rooks is a guy from the East Coast. He goes to like St. Peter's Prep, I believe. And there were rumors of him making his announcement on Friday also, but he pushed it back too. So that's another one Michigan's going to have to fight off. I think uh Virginia, Boston College, Rutgers are in the mix. So on the surface it would seem like the Wolverines have a pretty big advantage there, but those schools out on the East Coast, they've been on him for a lot longer. So that's kind of what uh, a feather in their cap at least. Yeah, and
1: I I it it kind of has been out of the blue a little bit. I know a lot of these guys that we're going after right now are on the East coast, but Boston college seems to have come out of nowhere and be the front runner for like multiple guys. And they've landed a couple guys over Michigan, which I just, you don't see, you know, those two programs on the same playing level. It's very hard for me to, to picture a kid picking Boston college in the ACC, over Michigan, you know, where Boston College hasn't made a debt in anything in a long time. So wh- what's the reason for that?
2: Well, it's interesting. Just a couple of weeks ago, Boston College stole Casey Finney from Michigan. He flipped in favor. He flipped, of- right? Yep. Yeah. I honestly think that was kind of um a mutual agreement type of deal if there was one player that Michigan would be okay with looking elsewhere it was Casey Finney and Boston College is close to home uh Drew Kendall his dad played football at BC so there's a huge connection there being a a legacy kid and having the opportunity to continue that at the next level I can see how that would be attractive to him too.
1: Gotcha so uh, give us a little insight too and I'm always very curious about this you know Nowadays, it happens 10 times more than before, but when a guy commits and he's committed, whether it's early or late or something, these other schools don't just like say, all right, we're done with them. They keep going after them. You know, how does that, you know, how does Michigan say they get a commitment And how do they keep the contact moving with that kid to make sure that he's, you know, firmly committed and how do they handle, you know, maybe somebody who's committed elsewhere, how do they keep pursuing uh, another kid if he, even if he's a a commit uh, to another school?
2: Well, you know, that's about the exact position that Michigan was in with Marcus Allen because he was what the staff's first wide receiver commit this cycle and then the staff added Christian Dixon and Xavier Worthy, and they were looking for a, a fourth one too. And Angel Anthony eventually entered the fold as well. So as Michigan kept picking up more wide receiver commits, Allen didn't feel that he was as wanted of a commodity, and that was a big reason why he chose to pursue other options. And right now he's looking at schools like you know Cincinnati and Kentucky are in the mix. Um, he's been hearing from Ohio State, but they haven't offered yet. But each of those programs that are going after him, you best believe that they were letting him know how many other guys Michigan had committed at the position and how many young, talented wide receivers are on Michigan's roster, too. And they sort of played the the amount of depth Michigan has against Marcus Allen, and eventually he did go uh, look for other options. And kind of on the other side, when you said, how does Michigan pursue guys who are committed to other schools? We're seeing that a little bit here and there. Brandon Brown just put out an article of Michigan pursuing Florida State commit Omarion Cooper, and that's just staying in touch with him, seeing how the season is going, sending him the the graphics that the recruiting department puts out there. I think they look pretty nice, and not that that's a huge factor in a kid's decision, but Mike Zordich being the cornerbacks coach, he's done a really good job of identifying talent he wants. One of those is Cooper committed to Florida State. So he's going to stay in that kid's ear all the way until signing day, whether he signs on the early period in December or later on. And if recruiting visits are put back on the table January 1st, which it looks like that will be the case, Michigan still has another month and some change to host kids on official visits. So maybe they could pull a commit if that were to happen.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. It's just so, it's so interesting to me. I mean, as a, as a coach, that's got to be the most frustrating thing. You know, you do the, the amount of work that goes into land a commit is, you know, astronomical at this point in the year 2020, they, you know, they're spending so much money in recruiting. Um, They're putting so much effort, how many texts and phone calls and, you know, visits and, and attention a kid gets. And then you finally land them and then you have them going well, and you, and then, you know, maybe a month down the road or two months down the road, like Marcus Allen, the, you know, they, they try to pursue other options. So, um, I don't know, that's just got to be one of those things that's just exhausting for a, for a college football coach.
2: Well, right now, Michigan has like 20 commits, I believe, and with so many, the coaches on the staff and the assistant coaches really do kind of have to juggle which kids they're staying the most in touch with. So you're looking at Sharon Moore focusing on two or three main guys that are committed already. Ed Warner has his guys on the O-line. So when they break it up like that, it's a little bit easier. But they still have to balance that with recruits that are uncommitted that they want to land. So it's really an around-the-clock, 24-7 type of job.
1: I mean, it's just like when I used to do it on NCAA 14, right, where it's just like you have a certain amount of calls you can make and you got to split them up. Right. I'm assuming they just have, you know, 20 phone calls on there and you can only put six to, you know, here and, you know, two to here. So I'm sure
2: I would to discuss it like that. You're exactly right.
1: It is. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was stressing a lot about my <laughs> dynasty, so I imagine it's just as stressful of, of a job as the real thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. So anything else I'm recruiting that, that we should know about right now? I know, you know, things will, will probably ramp up a little bit more. Will they be hosting anybody on campus for games or is, is that all completely uh you know, off the table right now?
2: Yeah, I think there's a possibility. Recruits can still visit right now, but they just can't have direct contact with the staff outside of a 60 minute FaceTime conversation, I believe. But just a few days ago, offensive lineman from the East Coast, his name is Sullivan Weidman. And I, I think he's in the 2022 class. He's a younger kid, but he visited Ann Arbor over the weekend. So kids are still getting out there, but. It'll have to be a lot more of a concerted effort on their own to visit. And I know Michigan is planning to, uh, well, Michigan commits. They're planning to come to campus for one of the games this year. J.J. McCarthy's parents are organizing that. So that'll be a big recruiting visit for both some commits and targets that they'd like to add.
3: And Eric, I don't want to go too deep into the into the recruiting stuff. I know we've been talking about it for a second. But you went to the uh, Stevenson game, and obviously you were there to watch giovanni el hadi i guess what was the biggest thing that you saw to him because it sounds like just from following your twitter account that he was playing
2: multiple positions and kind of making a lot of plays out there yeah Gio's a kid that you'll never hear someone claiming that he doesn't play through the whistle and he doesn't finish his blocks because there were moments where so he started off at right tackle and then he bounced to left tackle later in the game but early on, when he's at right tackle and pass protection, he starts over there with the kid, and then you see the play run in, uh, like to the strong side. Then he's blocking the kid to the weak side for a solid 10 Like You're kind of following the play a little bit, and then you see Geo just dart off in the other direction as he buries a kid. And that was something that really stood out because he was giving kids the business. And then even during uh, downtimes when there were stoppages in play – was helping to coach up some of his teammates too if he was seeing things in like the blocking area that they weren't seeing he'd kind of coach them up a little bit so that was nice to see and like you mentioned he was playing a lot of different spots on defense he was playing d tackle and defensive end i thought he was a little more uh productive and made a bigger impact, at defensive tackle. But it's cool to see a kid that's that that versatile. You could throw him anywhere on the line and he'll do well. And he even mentioned that he's open to playing offensive guard in college. So if you consider that, that's basically every position at the line of scrimmage.
1: Yeah, it's wow. huge. Yeah, he seems like an athletic kid, not only just big, but he can move pretty well, I think, which is his yeah. biggest uh, advantage there. Um and and one thing too. So we'll, we'll. I just want to touch on one more guy that I noticed. Um, from a couple, uh, either last week or the week before. Um, I know you weren't there, but I saw Bryce Marriage was there. Um, watching Alex Van Sumeren, uh, l- younger brother of Ben Van Sumeren, who's a Wolverine. Um, he looked just absolutely jacked. I mean, so big and could move. He actually he's he, so he's was is he a d-lineman or a linebacker but he was also playing running
2: back too Yeah, he's a d-tackle and that's probably where he's going to start out at for Michigan but you look at his brother and he played linebacker and fullback in a short time in Ann Arbor so you can kind of see like they're pretty similar in that respect, both really strong hard-nosed dudes and I think that's something the staff really likes about Alex
1: and and he is i saw it was he 64 like 285 i think it is or something like that like yes. un, and he was like the things i saw he was like taking handoffs like 285 for an incoming freshman is absolutely insane i mean i my my cousin craig what he came in as a dn at 235 so he he ended up at I think 270 280 something like that. So for a guy to come in already at 285, I know D tackle you got to be bigger, but he I just think that that dude's gonna be the real deal when he gets when he gets onto campus. And I imagine you know at six four two eighty five or six five two eighty five whatever he is, give him one year in a in a college weight program, he's gonna be over three bills easy. So. Um, that, that's a, that's a, I'm pretty excited about, uh, about Alex Van and going in to, um, to the future here. Um, all right. So we talked about the, the, you know, the future here, let's talk about the, uh, the, the current team that we've got. So we've only got, you know, less than three weeks away. Um, the team has been practicing, obviously that I believe we saw They went into full pads this past week um, is what the coaching staff said. So probably some, some different things shook out in practice. Um, I think the focus, you know, there's been so much focus on Joe Milton in the offense here, um, but a lot of people are forgetting about the defense. So, um, you know, on Michigan's defense, they've got a lot of returners on the front seven, the linebackers and the D linemen. Um, Those, those should be strengths. Do you guys think that the secondary, after losing a few people, um including ambry thomas who's who has said that he's not coming back, can they hold their weight to make sure that the defense you know does very well? Uh Kalen, i'll I'll go to you first here to start the roundtable.
0: Yeah. I mean, the secondary is always a good place to start, um especially for Michigan's defense under Don Brown, right? Because I mean, we do have a modern history of giving up big plays in that secondary. Um, so, I mean, so getting that secondary, um, shored up is good, but I think coach Z who has been there for a long time has a great history of producing some really great lockdown corners. I mean, I just think of Jordan Lewis stretched out against Wisconsin, right? I mean, I, I have full faith in him to get all those young guys prepared. So do I think the secondary is going to perform this year? Remains to be seen, but I have hope, and I think that's that's about as good as it can get.
3: Yeah, and I think that's a good point because especially when we look at the offensive line, it's the same thing, right? But we know with the coaching staff at those position groups, they have a good proven track record. So you know, it's a question mark. We don't really know what's going to happen. Um, we've got faith in the coaches at those positions to be able to develop guys that are going to be able to produce. But I guess my question to you, Eric, is with um, Ambry leaving. We've kind of heard some rumblings just from just from the media about possibly Daxton Hill moving a moving a cornerback. Do you think that could be a real a real thing that may happen this season? Or do you think that they've got other guys lined up that are able to take that
2: take that spot? You know, it's a really good option and it's always nice to have that card if you're defensive coordinator Don Brown in the back of your pocket, that you can move Dax to the cornerback position because what if some injuries happen throughout the course of the year and the Wolverines find themselves really light at that number two corner spot, having Dax Hill who can come down and play nickel, we've already seen that happen. Having him bounce to the outside is a nice stopgap. Now I don't think that's the game plan for him to start out there. If when week one rolls around against Minnesota and he's not at the safety position, I'd be really surprised. But just before we hopped on the podcast, Don Brown was doing one of his own podcasts or it was a radio interview I'm not sure but he mentioned that Jamon Green is the leader in the clubhouse and those were the words he used for the number 2 cornerback spot so hmm. while it's honestly a position that that really worries me who that other corner is going to be it sounds like Green might have an advantage and we've heard a lot about DJ Turner being a guy that can work in there too yeah yeah i
1: think that I mean, if I'm looking at the importance of a position in the defensive secondary, safety is probably the most important, right? I know Don Brown's a little bit different because you have to have those lockdown corners because he sends guys on blitzes all the time, so they're in man. But as far as being the quarterback of the defense, you know, that's the safety position. So you probably want your best cover guy, maybe not man-to-man cover guy, but Dax Hill being that fast, fast guy, you know, if he can handle calling the defense – um, he's probably going to end up at that safety position. And, and I actually do think that it's, uh, we have a good, you know, Michigan's got a good uh, balance between Brad Hawkins that has the veteran leadership, you know, back there, maybe not the, the athletic ability of Dax Hill, but then Dax has that athletic ability to kind of balance that out to make the plays. I think they have a decent uh, job, you know, decent combination there. Um, but I think we're all worried about that. You know, Vincent Gray, I think, is probably pretty good on one side, but we're all worried about that other side um, in, in the cornerback position. So it'll be interesting. I, I Do you guys think uh, anybody can hop in here? Do you guys think that Don Brown will – adjust it all this year and be a little different in his schemes maybe not send as many blitzes and not put as much pressure on the secondary because they know they he knows they might uh not be able to handle as much
0: no absolutely not (laughs) solve your problems with aggression we can try to read this we can try to do that fuck that we're going (laughs) right that's what he said that's his philosophy that's what we're doing next question i don't know man
3: i'm (laughs) <laughs> First of all, Ro, I'm not going to say he's probably pretty good. He's one of the he's the best DB returning, even though Ambry's gone. If Ambry was coming back, Vincent Gray would have been the number one guy, in in my opinion. From what I've seen, I I love what I see out of Vincent Gray, but I feel like there's got to be pressure on Don Brown to change something, right? I mean, he's been on the hot seat after two big blowouts to Ohio State, and I understand it's Ohio State, but Ohio State's not beating everybody with, with 60, 50, 60 points, so... I think there will be some pressure for him to change his scheme a little bit, maybe just in that game. But I don't know, especially with new guys, too. You feel like there's got to be he's he's, I'm hoping he has something up his sleeve.
0: Well, speaking of Don Brown, though, he did say something this week about like we practice for Ohio State every day. Right. And that was good to hear because I felt like for a while now we kept hearing about Ohio State preparing for Michigan. And I wasn't hearing so much about that from us
2: preparing for them.
0: Uh, Eric, I don't know if you've heard any more than I have about something like that.
2: Well, hearing that out in the media is really a positive sign because I think everybody who's followed Michigan the last couple of years knows that if that game at the end of the season, if it goes the same way it has been the last couple of years, it's not good for Don Brown's future with the team. Um, it, it's If they weren't practicing for Ohio State every single week before or every single practice prior, They needed to this year. And at least for him to get that message, it's a step in the right direction.
1: I I think that if Don Brown doesn't have the linebackers and the secondary going up against crossing routes every single practice of this year, then he should be probably out of here. So uh, if I see a single one, uh, one more crossing route against Ohio State, um, go for, you know, 50 yards or go for a touchdown. I'm going to lose it. Um, it will, it will be interesting to see, you know, obviously Don Brown, I hot seat. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's been a lot of pressure on Don Brown. That's for sure. Um, so warm it'll be interesting. War it's, <laughs> that seat is cooking. It is very warm. So, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, you know, he's got some good offenses to play against this year. That's for sure. Uh, you know, four out of the eight games, I'd say are really good offenses, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn state and Ohio state, obviously. And so, um, and then you throw in Indiana there, who's always thrown up a lot of points, especially in the passing game. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles this year, um, and the patience that, Michigan fans have for Don Brown by the end of the year. Cause I, I think, you know, they've seen enough. We know what Don Brown brings to the table. He does really well against the not so great teams. And then sometimes, you know, he gives up some bigger points during against some, uh, some, some of the better teams. So I could see, do you guys, could you guys see something happening, you know, developing throughout the season? Say, say Michigan gives up 28, points to minnesota in in the opener um could there already be pressure on down brown week one
3: i wouldn't say to minnesota no because we know they're a proven solid team but let's say hmm who do we play i mean sparty what if he gives up 40 to sparty with a new head coach then you know but right but you know then i think it's more of like okay what the hell is going on yeah or you get
0: pushed around by Wisconsin again, right? Or something like that.
2: Well, speaking of Wisconsin, did you guys hear that their starting quarterback is out indefinitely right now?
1: Jack Cohen is out, yep. So and and so that's interesting too, but I've all heard good things about their backup. I, his name is slipping my mind right now, but his, their backup, I believe, is a four star like dual threat guy. So not not was maybe not even dual threat, but um, he's. I think he's a, a really solid recruiter, solid guy coming in. So, um, there was even some people saying that they thought that he would kind of win the battle halfway through the year if if Cohn was um, average or so. So, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think that the Michigan fan base has figured out what Don Brown is, and it's not good enough for a lot of people out there. So, um, you know, in a shortened season. I can see some rumblings if things don't go that well.
2: And you know, the toughest matchups for Michigan, at least from a defensive perspective, to me, they're at both ends of the schedule, opening it on the road against Minnesota is tough. And we're going to find out a lot about the quality of Michigan's defense this year. And then this is certainly not a hot take, but going against OSU is never uh, an easy venture. So that'll be big.
1: Yeah, and especially opening up right against Rashad Bateman, which last year and, you know, in previous years, um like KJ Hamler has killed him, KJ Hill has killed him. You know, it's like the even if even if the opponent has one speedy guy, it breaks down Michigan's defense sometimes. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Don Brown handles that uh, at the beginning of the year and then throughout this season. Um let's move on though to some non-football talk. I know we're very close to football, but there's some Michigan uh, basketball in the news right now. Um, Duncan Robinson is in the NBA finals. What a state, what a sentence. (laughs) Duncan Robinson is a starter in the NBA finals. Would you ever have believed, you know, go back to 2018 where he was the sixth man in Michigan's final four run. If somebody would have told me that, yeah, Duncan Robinson will start for the, for in the NBA finals in two years, I would have called anybody saying that crazy.
3: I mean, Kalen, you, you know, from when we were watching the, the <laughs> tournament run a couple years ago, I'm not going to say that I would have guessed he was going to be in the NBA finals, but I was saying slim diesel for, for player of the year. Dude, you know, I didn't even know who of the
0: I didn't even know who it was until Jack was going like dude, Slimmy D. I was like, like D. Slimmy D. Slimmy D. Slimmy
3: D. it's my boy. I mean you know, he's making not, he's making an impact.
2: Yeah, not only is he starting in the NBA finals, he's hitting big triples over players like LeBron. It's it's LeBron. huge.
1: LeBron.
0: Wild. It is that's like a storybook like like, you know, life right there. That's amazing.
2: Someone's got to make a movie about his progression once his career is over, right? Yeah, oh, who's gonna who's
0: gonna play Duncan Robinson in the movie? <laughs> That's what I know.
2: What if this isn't even like his greatest height? He's still really early in his career. And
3: especially with a guy with a guy who plays the way he does, he's a shooter. He's a three-point shooter. You see guys like Ray Allen. Uh, Steph will be able to play in the game forever because worst-case scenario, he can post up a three-point line and you know take a couple jumpers a game. Where I mean. Right now, Duncan Robinson's a top five three point shooter all time. In the all time in the NBA in his second year.
2: Unbelievable.
3: Wow. I think he had the best three point field goal percentage this past season in the NBA. But yeah. I mean, he like I said, he's making an impact even when he's not touching the ball. I mean, you see guys are guarding him tight on the three point line, and he players are able to drive the lane without getting that second guy coming at him and, and it gives them an opportunity to score a basket. So Good for him, man. Um I'm um, great to see. I mean, great story, like you guys are saying, going from D three to Michigan basketball. He has a great first year, ends
0: up being a sixth man his his senior year, and now he's in the NBA finals starting. Insane. what was that thing on Instagram where he was like sending out something to like get an internship? Like yeah. sending feelers out. Yeah, he gets yeah. me playing. It's amazing. Yeah. Mark
1: Titus, right? Yeah. Titus, who's an Ohio State guy, actually, but he, he works with Fox Sports, I believe, and and does some college basketball stuff on them. So Duncan Robinson was texting him like, hey, my name is Duncan Robinson. I play for the Michigan basketball team. I'd love to talk to you. Like basically doing, you know, uh, an inter- trying to get an interview with them to, to play because he was, I'm sure, in his senior year at Michigan, like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm the sixth man on this, you know, roster. And, you know, I, he's probably just assuming he goes to the G league, maybe has a couple tryouts and then, you know, it, maybe he's done. We all, we all assume that, right? Like I assume that he he would maybe be a three point shooter in the G league for a little bit, but then like, uh, you know, it, it just defensively and everything else probably not going to work out for him. Um, and then, like, I, I saw some people like, okay, Duncan, you can probably delete your LinkedIn now. Like, you, you're okay. <laughs> you, you don't need to look for any more jobs or internships. Um,
2: you know, I didn't see Mark Titus respond to him. Uh, how funny would it be if, because Michigan's, uh, or Duncan is a Michigan guy, he just ghosted <laughs> it from the get-go. And then remembered a couple years later, like, hey, I, I had this kid asking for me.
1: Could have happened. Very likely. I mean, what maybe Duncan doesn't if like if he gets that opportunity, maybe Duncan doesn't even try to go to the NBA. I mean, I feel like that's a very real possibility.
0: There's some alternate universe.
1: (laughs) If he's got some opportunity to go work with Fox Sports or something like a guy like that, I wouldn't doubt it if he just doesn't even give it a shot because he thinks that's where he's at. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of crazy.
2: The um, butterfly effect with Duncan Robinson could go so many different ways.
1: Oh yeah. I I think too. Uh, this is like a a hot take that maybe, and it's a, it's a negative one to be honest with you about Duncan Robinson. It may be just I I might be. Hate it. You can hate <laughs> it. You can hate it. All right. So he's done really well in the NBA bubble in an arena with zero crowd. Right. He's very used to playing in front of no crowds. He played at the D3 level. He played at, you know, in the G League. He played at, uh, you know, in high school. Michigan was the only real place that he's played in front of big crowds, and he ended up being the sixth man. So what if he gets done with his year, and then he gets it, like, next year they go into real NBA arenas. All of a sudden he can't handle it, and he can't shoot anymore.
3: I mean it wasn't like this year that he didn't play in big arenas and not have big games. He he was having big games before the bubble hit. I'm pretty
1: sure. Yeah, that's true. I don't even I don't even like <laughs> Do remember. You even watch
3: what... basketball, Justin? Have you <laughs> seen Well, I don't remember event?
1: life before the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is
0: quarantine. Blacked out. I blacked out. <laughs> Under the dome.
1: <laughs> COVID has been going on for like at least 12 years, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I keep seeing oh, these middle memes. school <laughs> I keep seeing these memes on Instagram. Have you guys been seeing these where, like, it's like, man, when LeBron gets home, Bronny's going to get his ass beat.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He did. Bronny put a blunt or a joint on his his Instagram story. Like, bro, come on. You're Bronny James. You got to just stop sending pictures out, man.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
1: You know people are viewing that like immediately and screenshotting the shit out of
3: it. Yeah, it's Instagram live. He was smoking, like smoking a fucking joint.
1: Dude, I mean, come on, man. LeBron's going to come home and whoop that ass.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's got to sit him down with a PR person like yesterday.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They should have had a PR person like coaching him up out of the womb. Are you kidding me? Friggin' LeBron James.
2: Well, yeah, you I, shouldn't really need a professional to tell you not to do that. Yeah, for, that's true. Very that's true. true. That's true. I did see too.
1: Um, Jamal Adams, did you see that picture? So he, Jamal Adams, a former uh, corner for the Jets, and you know he was he was in the league for a while, but he was watching uh, the NFL from home and posted a picture, and there was a joint on the table. He deleted oh, it immediately. I missed and missed reposted it with the joint photoshopped out (laughs) but obviously somebody screenshotted it and then like immediately put it side by side it was very very funny that's amazing
2: did he just put like a snapchat emoji on top of it yeah he should (laughs) have it's medicinal
1: it was a pretty good photoshop job i'll say that for as quickly as he did it but still so yeah. Might
2: not be the first time he's made that mistake. Who knows? <laughs> <Exactly>. Oh shit. <laughs> Photoshop team on speed dial.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> all right. Um anybody else got anything before we head to our, our zero to nineties here?
3: No? Hot we've, hot talked pick about season. All,
1: we've talked about quite a bit here. So um all right. So let's go to every everyone has zero to ninety. I don't. I don't. Yeah. We'll we'll roll with the flow. <laughs> All right. All right. Who wants first? Who wants first dibs here?
3: I'll go first because my internet just broke up and now it's good. So I'm just going to make sure I could get my words in while the internet is working.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> All right, Jack. You ready to go? Here we go. Yes, sir. Your zero to 90 starts now. All right. Matt Patricia,
3: you still suck, but I think. If he if something miraculous can happen where he can get the team to buy in, he's going to admit that he's an asshole and yada, yada, yada. The Lions are going to go 500 the remainder of the season and Patricia will still get fired. Ooh.
1: Wait, is that a is that a win or what? Like, I don't know. Is that like nah, just,
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, you know, that's like the first I... example I've ever heard of subtraction by addition.
1: There yeah, you go. <laughs> I think
3: it's a good thing because I want the Lions to go 1-15 and, and tank for whoever. Um, but, I mean, if, if anything at this point, keep Patricia, trade Stafford. God, I just feel so bad for the guy. He's so talented, and he, he's not going to be able to win with the Lions. Trade Stafford. I think this is one of his years where his salary is not, like, crazy high. Um, So it would be a doable year. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the Lions got to rebuild somewhere. And I think they gotta get rid of the head coach. Stafford just deserves better, so get rid of him. Don't yep. don't treat him like you did Calvin and Barry Sanders. Let him let him get an opportunity. Um, but yeah, not not a super positive it, hot take.
1: No, <laughs> I mean any any time you talk about the Detroit Lions, it's not going to be very, very positive. Um, but I do think like I think Stafford needs to be more of like we need to pull a Verlander kind of with him. And I'm much higher on Stafford than I was Verlander, to be honest. I, I'm not a big Verlander guy. But I think it's just like one of those things where, like, all right, he's done his time here. He's given his all, in my opinion. Yeah. If I, I think if he's got a change of scenery, he does pretty well. And also, then the Lions can hopefully dump that contract, which that contract definitely holds them back. It's like they spent yeah. so much money.
3: So. I mean, if he still had Caldwell, I think it would be worth it. But you you get rid of the guy who he was most successful under, and you bring in a defensive coach,
2: but you still got this huge contract? Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. And you know it's just such an awful environment for a player to be in when your description is, okay, he's done his time. Let's do him a solid and put him on a legitimate team. Yeah. Right, 100%. So it's, it's where we're at yeah
1: yeah I, I i mean you can't go in obviously like no matter where they're at, no matter if Patricia stays or doesn't this year, they're in rebuild mode. you can't rebuild with a you know veteran quarterback. you have to start fresh kind of if that's what your your mode is so yeah. all right good good depressing take now i want to go cry <laughs> all right who's next
0: okay, all
1: right kaylin, you ready
0: yeah
1: your zero to ninety starts now.
0: Okay, the average NFL linebacker is 6'2", 245. Joe Milton wow. is 6'5", 240. So even if he's not running like a four four, dude, if Joe Milton lays the shoulder on some corner somewhere, that corner is it's going to feel it for a week. So I don't care how fast Joe Milton is. Just let him run the ball to the outside field, lay the wood on some kid, and then... Let's just run teams over. I don't care. I just want to win games. Joe Milton, 2020. It's a first down. I love
1: it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I mean, I really have been, I know Cam has the Rona right now, but I watched Cam, how they ran Cam Newton at the, uh, you know, in New England. And he, like, if they get anywhere near the goal line, they just snap it to him and he just finds a lane and goes. And it's worked like 80% of the time. So I don't hate that at all. He's got to stay healthy, though, because, you know, I'm not super confident in Cade McNamara, but I still do. Dan Millari, second <laughs> round draft pick. Oh, God. But I do love that, like, Michigan for the first time since, you know, Denard probably has that option of a running quarterback. So that should be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, Eric, you ready? Lay it on me. All right, your 0-90 to 90
2: starts now. So even without Nico Collins being part of the offense this year, which obviously that's a huge loss, but everyone's looking towards Ronnie Bell because he's he was actually, even if Nico came back, he was the returning uh, receiving leader like in yardage. So everyone expects him to be the top guy this year. And while he probably will be the number one option, I think Michigan will go to him on a more consistent basis. I've got Giles Jackson outperforming him in the yardage category this year. And we saw a little clip on, I think it was off of like a Snapchat story where Giles Jackson was running a go route, a little bit of a fade towards the corner. And with, you know, uh, big arm Joe Milton back there slinging it, the ball just zipped out there, fell right in his lap, easy touchdown, six points. And we're going to see a lot of that this fall
1: love it love it that clip honestly I it got me so hyped that was I like, that was like the turning point of I saw and put it up to Giles and I was like oh boy if we like even if we see that every so often I'm like dude it's you know I'm all in I'm all in give
2: me, give me that four times a game minimum
1: exactly exactly they should have done that they should have done that 10 times a game to Nico last year. So if you don't do it this year to to anybody, either Ronnie or Giles or whoever else, you, I'm going to be pissed.
2: I don't want to live in the past, but just imagine if you had Nico on one side, Giles on the other, and then Ronnie Bell working the slot. It's a nice thing.
1: <laughs> don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> what could have been? <laughs> All right. Somebody got me here?
0: Yeah, I got you. Okay, one second.
3: Are we still doing the timer? I've I've totally given up on it. I've been I've been <laughs> counting in my head,
1: honestly. Oh, I Dude, got
3: Mississippi's you. real slow.
1: I think Don and Connor cool. last week went over by like thirty seconds, so I just <laughs> I just let them talk. If things.
0: I don't stop, Roe, we'll be here all night. So that's, that's true. true. <laughs> all right, Roe, your zero to ninety starts now.
1: All right, Don Brown's gotten a lot of shit, right? I think this is gonna be the year that he surprises everybody somehow. And I think it's going to be because he he's had the talent, right? But he's going to have to figure it out some other way. So he's going to like almost trip into it somehow accidentally and figure out how to stop the crossing routes, how to stop the big plays. And he's going to use his other, you know, he's not going to be able to send everybody on blitzes. I'm sorry, Caitlin, every single time as much as I love it, but he's going to have to uh, adjust and then he's, you know, I think he's gonna surprise some people, and maybe even against Ohio State, maybe, probably not, but maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm with it. Okay.
1: I hope I he figures it out. I, mean, I don't, I don't feel like a a
2: believers in this group right now. <laughs> There's some awkward silence right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I hope it's true, man. Shit. I'm gonna, well, i you, I wish I could root for Michigan like the way I root for the Lions, where like I just know there's no shot. But with Michigan, I just have so much hope so and just true. so much belief that that we can do it. But with the Lions, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna watch it because just they're my imagine. home team. But like, if they lose, like, whatever, I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start betting against Michigan.
1: So Imagine if, if you at led. least make money, at
3: least I can have a happy day. Either I make money or Michigan wins. I'm happy to pay that's a good hedge. Money for Michigan to win. I'd be damn fine with just, that. I might just start edge.
2: doing just that. Bet, just bet on the over for the point spread. So even if Michigan gets outscored, as long as they put a bunch on the board, you're a winner no matter what. Okay. I like that. Root. That's better. That's but that way I can still root for Michigan. Good call.
1: And <laughs> you're rooting for points and excitement. That's a good, that's a good call.
2: That's strong. an easy way to introduce people into gambling if they're not big on it already. Oh,
1: just just hit the over every single day. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hey, uh, sports books are open in Michigan, people. I you mean, got
3: to hit up you, uh, Greek,
1: Town. Greek Town. Greek Town. I saw um, Gull Lake, or Gun Lake, I think. Couple, couple uh, places. I think it's the Barstool Sportsbook at, at Greektown. So.
0: You guys, that was bad advice. We're about to hear Jack be like, man, I just got rid of my new house gambling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: <laughs> just Sorry, got... We're moving back into Pinkney.
1: <laughs> Jack gambles away his
2: whole mortgage.
1: <laughs> I'm He's assuming, got I'm... one
2: of those virtual backgrounds behind him. it makes it look like a house. Yeah.
1: He's really like under a bridge somewhere. <laughs>
3: What's all that noise? Oh, it's our, uh, we got a sound maker. It's like white yeah.
0: noise. It's just hey, you know what? semis S- going over the highway. <laughs> Skype can blur out your background so you can't that's see true. all the homeless guys behind you or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. Um, I think that's all we've got for today. Uh, anybody else have any last thoughts that they'd like to uh, like to put in here? Eric, uh, Eric, let's see. Where WolverineDigest.com. Are you Eric Rudder WD on Twitter? Is that right?
2: Yep, Eric Rudder WD. If you go on our website, I put up a couple stories after talking to John Jansen today. We caught up over the weekend, and I think those are pretty good reads.
1: All right, check him out on Twitter. Check him out at WolverineDigest.com. Check us out at BlueBy90 on Twitter and Instagram, as well as YouTube and subscribe and like. Um as far as anything else we'll see you soon. I think we'll have a couple other people on here um later this week or next week uh and with that go blue. Go blue. Go blue.
2: Thanks guys. Go blue
0: you me that right that
2: i'm like we can
0: about Ignition, it's hot and fresh out the kitchen. I'm a that body got everything and it'd be wished. I've been am a I'm, I'm we can about the to... will